Hello and welcome to the first Women Back to Law podcast. My name is Amadeep Kadzria and I'll be hosting the discussion this evening. We started Women Back to Law just a little over a year ago and I'm so pleased to see the engagement and the support we've received from our followers and the community. The real aim, uh, which I think is a shared common goal, is to help inform, inspire and help to get more women back to law after a period of maternity leave or a career break. And part of that challenge is, and our focus is understanding on those barriers that are stopping women from returning to law. And what we want to do is help to educate, inform and ensure that employers are adopting better policies and adopting best practice around some of the challenge challenges, for example, around unconscious bias, flexible working um, and promotion to ensure that women um, feel that they have the right career path to return to and they are fully supported when they do come back to the worst workplace and can thrive. There's still lots of work to do, but we are making good progress and it's great to have the community support. For the first podcast, I wanted to share journeys and stories with you about two individuals who have changed career paths within the legal industry um, and are now working in different fields from what they qualified into. I wanted to help demystify um, and help to uh, encourage or motivate others who are thinking uh, about making changes within the legal industry um, and maybe have some questions. Hopefully you'll find it very helpful and there'll be some takeaways and learning points for you. Um, But please do listen on and join us. Hello, Raminda, and hello, Simran. Thank you so much for joining us on this evening's podcast. Hello. Um, hi. Hello. As this is the first Women Back to Law podcast, I thought who better to call upon than some of the inspirational women in my family. So we've got my sister, Raminda, joining us, and we've got Simran, my sister-in-law, new to the family, married only a year, uh, to my brother. My sister is an in-house barrister, and Simran works um, as a government lawyer. Um, so I thought it'd be really interesting to hear both of your perspectives and really how you've made the leap from essentially private practice to an area that you both qualified into, into the roles that you um, are working in now. I thought I would start by asking you both how you are, though, and how you're coping through COVID and the restrictions and pressures that come with this difficult time. If I could start by asking you, Raminda. Oh, well, I think two words come to mind, wine and cheese. Um, well, no, very seriously, I think it is incredibly difficult. I think the, the biggest difficulty has been managing work and children um, and, and really trying to keep up with some kind of routine. And, and I think the only way I've been able to, as a family, we've really been able to cope with that is, is really just like accepting the situation. Um, yeah. I think you first try to kind of really fight it and try to have your normal routines in place, try to get some education, stimulation, etc. But um, I think the sooner we realise that all of that is going to be compromised at a time like this, um, the sooner we're able to very mentally uh, and emotionally cope with that. Because otherwise you're just going to run yourself into the ground. Um, yeah. So really just taking out some time every day. Uh, reflecting on, on what's happening and really trying to um, remind ourselves every day that this is a phase that we're going through. It will pass. Um, yeah. And just trying to find the strength to get through it, really. Yes. Yeah. And what about you, Tim? How have you been coping? 
Well, I think uh, one thing I will say is I don't know how you guys are doing it with the kids as well as work because I'm just about managing work as it is. Um, but no, we've we've been really good here. Um, we've got sort of separate working spaces, so we're sort of out of, out of each other's way. Uh, I take a lot of phone calls during the day, and so does um, so does your brother Jimmy. Um, so you know we we want to stay out of each other's way most of the time. Um, but I think one thing that we've both been really missing and really yearning for is actually just spending a lot of time with our family. We spend so much time oh, together, yeah. mm, you know, yeah. every weekend, you know, one or two days at least, um, we'll be spending the evening together. So we've really missed that. Um, I know, I've had to cook so much over yeah. the weekends now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing is that we've just been cooking a lot more. Um, but I'm getting a bit sick of that. Uh, so um, looking forward to some, you know, mixing it up a little bit as, as things get um as lockdown starts to ease yeah and you know it's mental health awareness yeah. week uh, you know as you guys know what's the support been like from your employers and how how have you guys been supporting your colleagues what's what's really kind of the well-being focus been in your in your different jobs um for, for, certainly for me, uh, my employers have been incredibly supportive. Um, work, working as an in-house barrister for a local authority, um, you know, even trying to do that from home without any childcare pretty much made it impossible for me to carry on with work as usual. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to have been deployed to, the, to other areas of the team where I can help out other lawyers in their cases and give them some legal advices, stuff that doesn't require me to necessarily be on meetings and phone calls all the time. Um, and that, that has been an absolute lifesaver, you know. Um, and thankfully, I've, I've been, ab- uh, been able to receive my full salary, which um, I know a lot of people haven't been able to. I feel very lucky in that sense. Um, so yeah. uh, they have been very, very good. And in fact, actually, we've got to know a little bit more about each other on that personal level. You know, you see, you see yeah. people's living rooms, you see what their gardens look like, yeah. you see what they eat and what they drink. And you, think, you see their children. You see, you children. see their children on the video and chat. You, and, you know, a new WhatsApp group has been created and we're sharing recipes and, and, and all of this kind of stuff. And I just think, you know, this is actually a beautiful thing to come out of all of this. It really has been very good. Yeah. What about you, Sim? How's the, how, you know, what's it like being a government lawyer through all of this and the support that you've received from your colleagues or from your employer? Yeah, I think my, I, I can't, I, again, I can't thank my employees enough. My, I, my immediate managers are job shares. So they sort of work three days each week, which is in itself quite a good, um, quite a good inspiration. But, it's great role Massive, modeling. <laughs> fantastic role modeling. Um, but yeah. they are, I could not ask for better managers because anytime we, I sort of say, look, I just need a bit of time away from the screen or I need to take an hour here because I've got to do my food shopping in the week. Uh, I'd rather not go yeah. at the weekend. They have been so flexible and so pragmatic. Um, and then sort of throughout our department, everybody has been so, um, so friendly and so forthcoming with fun stories and pictures of pets and I've met so many people's kids it's been really good fun (laughs) um and I agree with you Raminda you know picking up on the point that you made about getting to know people a bit more it's so much more personal and actually I think our team's sort of bonding in a different way now because we're all in in this sort of stressful time 
um we're yeah. able to sort of you know pick each other up and yeah, make definitely. jokes where we can it's been fantastic I know because in the, I suppose in Great. the stuff that we do and the, the the professions that we're in it is you know you, you don't necessarily see that because our jobs are so are, are mm. serious and stressful and there's a there's an expectation yeah. that you conduct yourself in a in a particular way you know it's they they're, they're very yeah. stressful environments that we work in so we can have this armor yes. on can't yeah. we? Yeah. exactly that exactly that yeah and you know I've, you know I've recently said that you know there's 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 no textbook mm. um on on for you know for leaders on how to deal with 21st century pandemics and what really matters in times of crisis is is kind and compassionate leadership it looks like you're both benefiting from that so absolutely brilliant um you've both made some significant changes to what your legal lives look like from when you qualified and um, in fact both of you are in completely different roles from the ones that you qualified into can you tell us a bit about your journeys and what led you on to your new career path? And um, what was the impetus for change for, for you both at that, that time in your career? If I could start with you, Belinda. Um Well, I started off as a solicitor advocate, um, working on cases for the local authority, children's cases. So I specialise in childcare law. And there was always a scope, yeah. uh, a great scope to progress your advocacy skills, an opportunity to go to court to um, meet uh, amazing advocates and learn so much. And so that was always there and I really enjoyed that. And I was supported to continue to do that and, and do more of that. And so I eventually became an in-house advocate. And then from that, the natural progression for me was to um, become a barrister. And I suppose the impetus for change was I saw so many amazing individuals, lots of amazing women um, around me who, when I went through that particular year where they, they achieved such great stuff. You know, I was fortunate to, yeah. fortunate to witness some very close family and friends, colleagues achieve greater things in their career, their new jobs, promotions, you both included, because I know you have both um, had a very blessed year in that respect. Um, and, um, my boss for many years, um, who I've enjoyed a wonderful working relationship with, was appointed as the first woman official solicitor and public trustee. And it, it really makes you think that there's always opportunity out there, no matter what stage of your career you're at, no matter what age um, you are. And so it, it just made me think that actually I'm going to go out there and maybe achieve something that I've wanted to do but haven't fully committed myself to before. Great. And practically, what does that involve then? Because you, you qualified as a solicitor. So you were admitted to the role of solicitors. And then what did you have to do to make that transition? To well, be it, it wasn't very difficult for me. And the reason um, and that actually made the, the move a little bit more, more of an easier choice. Um, so as a solicitor advocate, I already had higher rights. Um, and so transferring across to the bar um, was very much... Um, a simple uh, paper application um, and uh, being called joining an inn and being called to the bar I don't have to do pupillage I'm exempt from pupillage and other academic requirements because of the experience I've got so so for me it was um, thankfully not very difficult great good and what about you Sim what, what was the transition like 
for you going from private practice to an in-house government role? Um, yeah, it was it was quite a big jump. So I um, qualified as a solicitor um, with my dad, actually. So yeah. my, um, <laughs> oh, my dad fantastic. runs a private practice firm in my hometown. And um, I ended up working with him, training, um, learning a lot. Um, was, I was doing a lot of commercial property work, a lot of residential property work. We had a very, very big client base. My dad's been working in and uh, practicing in Slough for, gosh, probably 37 years. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. So he's got quite a big client yeah. base. So for me, the biggest jump was going from a place where a lot of the work I did was about the business, was about continuation of, of, of the business. So a lot of billing, a lot of business planning, um, you know, all of those kinds of things. Going to somewhere where it was a bigger picture. It was about the wider sort of considerations. Um, going through a really rigorous um, uh, interview process that wasn't really testing um, so much my technical ability to give legal advice because that's kind of a given when you're a few years qualified that you are... Uh, sort of automatically assumed you know incorrectly or correctly that you're able to give legal advice to a certain level of competence but a lot of it was about how you how you think um you know sort of what are you thinking about those wider considerations are you thinking about um the sort of very niche topics that come up um so for me I, I, when i first moved um into working as a government lawyer um i i never applied with the with the sort of lifelong dream of becoming a government lawyer, I think I sort of fell into it. But actually, I really feel mm. like and that can happen. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people that cap- that happens. And actually, you, you, you know, it works out for the best. It works out very well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really feel like I found that niche, as you're saying, and it's worked out really well. And it's what it started to do is chip away at that imposter syndrome that I feel I've always felt um, <laughs> for years. And as we do as women, Aww. I think we're, we're sort of it's ingrained in us to feel that way. And we're sort of training ourselves to unlearn yeah. that feeling that, oh, well, maybe I, I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. But actually, when I look around. Yeah, exactly. And am I good enough? <laughs> yeah. You know, am I, and, you know, and working yeah. in an environment like this, in, in the one that I'm in, especially with the managers that I have and, and the senior leadership team that we have, um, is, is really helping me chip away at that sort of uh, self-critical side of myself um, and to sort of you know, build up confidence. Great. Good. Well, that sounds like really positive for you, you, know, for you both. Thank you for sharing that. What's been the biggest lesson that you have learned about yourself through your journey? And um, what about your biggest leadership lesson you've learned along the way as well? Can I start by asking you? Well, I think it's um, I think it'd be fair to say let's start with the leadership first, because I think it's very difficult for me to answer what's the biggest lesson I've learned about myself. There are so many. (laughs) Um, But I I think when it comes to managing and leadership, I, I think it's fair to say I'm not the best at um, managing and, and, and leading um, people and junior lawyers, etc. But I, but I am very good at, at coming to a problem and leading us out of a very tricky situation. So I think I will leave my leadership there. Um, <laughs> in terms of uh, lessons about myself, I think it's it as I think this is actually actually what Sim was touching on before. It's that kind of um, that feeling you get that maybe you're not good enough. You know, trying to overcome that and what I've learned through yeah. all the achievements I've made throughout the years is that actually just having a bit of faith in yourself really goes a long way because, you know, there's always this feeling of, 
am I a good enough lawyer? Am I a good enough advocate? Am I good enough to, to do this case, to do this hearing, to give this advice? Yeah. And when you actually start approaching the challenge, you actually start to get greater appreciation for yourself. And I think that's what I've learned is yeah. that I shouldn't underestimate myself, actually. And I do a lot of the time. But um, it's just having that, um, that faith and confidence in the experience you've built up over the years. Brilliant. And what about you? Um, so the biggest lesson I think I've learned over the years is that um, despite uh, w- whether whether you feel that you're in a situation or a job or a role that you're not quite happy with, there is always something to learn. Um, you can always pick up something that I find myself quite a lot, um, you know, now uh, in my role, looking back to when I was working in private practice and I was dealing with difficult clients then you know, say, for example, you have, might have a difficult client where you're not seeing eye to eye, sort of implementing those kinds of, um, you know, procedures to say, OK, I need to be able to do X, Y and Z to help myself get through with this client. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- can now reflect on my time in, in the places that I've worked to, to say that I'd be able to learn something from everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. In relation to leadership, again you know I've not done much management and that's sort of the traditional thought about leadership Um, but for me I really like the feeling of uh, feeding off my colleagues Um, so I really try to make sure that if I can sense that I've got a colleague that sort of you can you know they're they're not feeling great they're feeling stressed you know trying to approach them in a certain way um, to offer help just even just to offer an ear or even yeah. offer a five-minute walk around the office just to get away from their desk. That's that's mm. kind of the thing I've been thinking about mostly over the over the last couple of months because I'm, I've not been able to do that. Um, so I've been trying to do sort of a lot of video chats uh, with colleagues to make sure they're okay. Yeah, and actually that's probably what yeah. we need more of than anything at this moment mm. in time is, you know, we uh, we often come across leaders who are able to make those pragmatic decisions and et cetera and things like that. But it's those leaders who, um, and those, those, those people who are able to kind of assess that situation and, and approach situations like that, sensitive situations like that, to kind of create better feeling in, in the team and in the environment. It's about yes. having the... Yeah, about having the yes. human mm. and relatable side. That's Very so important. important. That yeah, transparency yeah. and leadership, really important. And, you know, my views on leadership is that, you know, don't wait around for a leadership position yeah. to lead, yeah. really. Mm. Um, you can be a role model at any stage in your career, at entry level, right through to the top, to, you know, whatever it is, partnership. And, you know, leaders are role models. They take initiative. They, tr- you know, they they are the voice. Um, and positive leaders are incredibly important um, to the future generation. Um, and it can it can it can it can create change from the top and it can create change from the bottom. So my advice is don't wait for anything to <laughs> don't wait for titles. Just do it. Be your own leader. Be the role model. Be the change that you want to see in your industry. So I think that's that's something very powerful and great definitely great and um so you so you know you guys have both moved from private practice and there's often you know lots of lots of women returning to law or coming coming back to law you know we often lose in I'm still in private practice but private practice often loses lots of women to in-house or government type roles so what are the advantages (laughs) why is it so good oh 
not to scare anybody away from private practice. I think but... um, certainly for me, um, it was the incredible amount of support because it was a big team. The incredible amount of support I was going to get from all the senior lawyers, the collective experience they had. Um, there are also um, other um, positives, such as you have uh, you think about the pension and the remuneration. Um, that's always quite a, a, an attractive thing working for a local authority. And then it, there is a greater amount of flexibility. I feel you know my maternity when I had two mm-hmm. sets of maternity leave. They were incredibly supportive. The maternity leave was a very good um, um, package and it, um, it, it, it makes you feel comfortable. It makes you feel quite secure. Um, there's not that element of uncertainty as you may get in private practice sometimes. Mm. And what about, what about yes, you? Yes, um, you know, echoing a lot of what Raminda said, the flexibility and the, the uh, I think a lot of it's just the recognition that we have a life outside of our jobs, <laughs> I think is um, definitely yeah. Mm, work yeah, life balance, work life balance yeah. is, is, is yeah. incredibly great um, in working in house, especially, you know, particularly where I work. Um, you know, I, I, I'll always be incredibly grateful to my dad for, you know, sort of putting me through that process to, to qualify. Um, but, you know, it's, I've really found that working in house has been so formative to the way I am as a lawyer uh, and the mm, kind of legal yeah. advice that I'm able to give. Um, so it's, it's, and you don't miss time. Oh, no, no, absolutely. And there's, there's very much a different focus when you're working in a private practice. The aim of the game is to make money because of a business. When you're in house, you're there providing legal services for a particular department or particular function. Um, so it's, mm, it's, 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 there's a slightly different yeah. focus in terms of your client care. Yes. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think private practice is getting better. So it's much better than it was even five mm. years ago, even 10 years ago. And I think private practice, it has to it has to move forward. It has to move forward to retain women, to keep talented women in the profession so that we can have better and equal representation mm. at partner numbers eventually. Um, so I think while, you know, we and we have to look at the sectors that are yeah. doing incredibly well at this, like yeah. the in-house sector, like the government services, uh, legal services, and find out what it is that works. And, you know, time and time again, flexibility yeah. comes out on top. So it's really something which I think is going to be, you know, going forward beyond COVID, I think there has to be uh, a change. There will be hopefully new business models emerging, even with private practice, and hopefully we'll see that positive shift um, towards, uh, you know, a really blanket acceptance oh, of yeah. home working I mean, and, it, and, you know, and not being a female-only yeah. issue, which it has yeah. been for And I think, years. actually, a lot, it's, it, you know, a lot of the men are seeing everyone, um, but I, I talk about men in particular because the focus before has been kind of, you know, for women who may need to have to work from home, yeah. but they have seen the yeah. benefit of working from home. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going off Absolutely. the example of my husband, who's in quite a, a stressful, pressurised role i mean he he has absolutely loved it he gets to see Mm. the children more you know he has that work-life balance and he himself who was always a london city working person says he will struggle to go back to the city every day after having experiences and you know i I think we're all enjoying a much better work work life balance and nobody misses the you know the the commute commute, i will struggle (laughs) 
We've I will struggle to get back on the tube. I tell you, it'd be, it'd be very, very difficult to be getting up at six, you know, quarter to six every morning, yeah, uh, and getting back at yeah. sort of seven o'clock, eight o'clock yeah. every night. I won't miss. I don't miss yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. No. Yeah. Well, let's 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 hope yeah. this is the catalyst for change. I think it will be. I really do think it will be. Yeah. Waiting for. Brilliant. And um, what advice would you give to our listeners who are thinking of making? Um, career changes a lot like you two have in that kind of leaving even you know Sim, you mm. left the area of law that you trained in to do something completely different um and remember you know going from the comfort blanket of being an employee to now being self-employed in your yes. role what kind of advice would you give to people who are um on you know kind of in you know scared yeah. or a bit nervous about making those changes i think i think it's very important to first explore those options with your closest family and friends your support network because that always makes a difficult decision much easier um and that will give you a good sense of um which direction you may want to go in and also speak to the people who are in that area of uh, of law or whatever job you want to go into um you know speak to them see how they feel i mean i i I spoke to barristers of the chambers that I'm joining um, in August. I had extensive conversations with them, getting their experience, um, and that really informed my decision. Brilliant. And having, I think that's right, and having mentors um, who, who do have that depth and breadth of experience, that life experience that can guide you and then and then be be that be that guardian that advice for you along the way that I think that's really important. Um, so for me I jumped from um into a completely different area of practicing law um and so for me I think the, yeah. what I what I worried about at the time was will I pick it up like how easy will it be for me to be able to sort of yeah. walk into a room uh, and give, be able to give initially good advice followed by you know written um, and I think what I, the advice I would give to someone who may be you know struggling with that is to is that you will pick it up is that the legal skills that you pick up during your early years of practice and while you're studying they will carry you through for for your entire career it doesn't really matter what you're practicing those legal skills still apply um, and to sort of mm. trust in, the, in your skills there and you will pick up the technical aspects. Yeah, brilliant. I think that's really reassuring, Sim, because in private mm. practice, we hold on so dearly to our post you know, our post qualification experience, our PQE, and then the, the thought of kind of that shedding away in one area um, and starting afresh can be very intimidating. Um, but it's really positive to hear about both your experiences in the transitions that you have made. Um, would you like to say anything else to our members before we wrap up this week's podcast? Um, I think thank you for giving us an opportunity. Yes. Thanks for listening to us. Um, if there is anything you can take <laughs> from that and make your lives a little bit better in this situation, then that would make me a very happy person. Um, and remember, Brilliant. we are going to get through this uh, difficult situation and just think of all the great things we're going to do after all the pandemic is over. Yes, um, you know, echoing a lot of what, what Amanda said, but just to make the most of this time, I think this is the only time that in our institutional memory that we will ever have in an extended period of time where we are working from home. Uh, but that does not mean that you are full time working yeah. from home, that you are trying to juggle the rest of your life around working from home. Um, so it's to try and enjoy where you can. Mm. 
yeah make make the best make make the best of the situation lovely thank you so much both for joining us this evening it's been really helpful um and thank you for being so honest and candid about your experience um you've both made some very brave leaps and i'm really glad they have um you know absolutely worked out for you and you've both made real successes of your new roles now um and we would love to catch up with you in the future again and see how you both thank, are. You. thank you very again. much thank you Thank you again to Raminda and Simran for joining us for this evening's podcast. It was great to hear about their journeys, how they overcame some of the challenges they faced when they were making their transitions in law, and uh, great to hear how successful they have been. I was also really reassured and encouraged by the fact that their employers were supportive and really helped them um, embed themselves in their new jobs. What we also touched upon in that podcast was mental health and well-being. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that, because given that we are working in very strange and difficult circumstances and dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, even in normal circumstances, working as a law professional can be very stressful. But when you add to that the pressures, the restrictions and the difficulties that come with working um, with COVID-19 can often mean that our mental and physical well-being is being affected. Law Care offers a free and confidential emotional support service to all legal staff professionals, their support staff and families. If you do need to talk, please do call their free, independent and confidential helpline on 0800 279 6888 or please do visit their website on www.lawcare.org.uk. I hope you found the discussion this evening helpful. There are some takeaways for you guys in there and I hope to see you, uh, hope for you to join us for a future podcast. But it's bye from me for now. Bye. <music>